0: Where do you go for comics new and old? Uh, garage sales? Wrong! Where do you see your favorite television and movie stars? Uh, In magazines, mostly. Wrong again! And where do you go to see the best in cosplay? Well, there are lots of different options if you're looking for something... (laughs) So incredibly wrong! Wizard World Comic Con. Wizard World Comic Con offers live entertainment and gaming, comics new and old, cosplay, toys and memorabilia, and a chance to meet your favorite television and movie stars. Meet Constantine star Matt Ryan and Lord of the Rings Spartacus star Craig Parker, October 13th through the 15th in Biloxi, Mississippi. Mississippi. Other shows include Montgomery, Alabama, October 20th through the 22nd, Oklahoma City, October 27th through the 29th, and Springfield, Illinois, November 10th through the 12th. For news, celebrity updates, and tickets to future shows, go to wizardworld.com. Don't feel like paying full price? No problem. Use promo code CanThere at checkout. Lowercase no space. <laughs> to get 10% off your tickets. So, where are you gonna go for your pop culture fix? The, the internet? Oh, good answer. Really? No! no. Wizard World Comic Con! Go to wizardworld.com for tickets. He's gonna take you back to.
1: Hey, this is James Rolfe, and you're listening to the Candare Podcast.
0: Suck ass, be the angry
2: video game. No
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Candair, a tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Jake Runyon. And joining us today to talk about their comic, The Fourth Monkey, an anthology for awareness running on Kickstarter until October 15th. We have James Roach and Daniel Farron. Thanks so much for being with us, guys. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Got a really good show lined up for you today very on our retro good. round table. We're going to be talking about something near and dear to my mm-hmm. heart Toys R Us. We just heard the news that they went bankrupt. That's. Yeah. Man, all the times they are (laughs) a (laughs) change. It's a very essential part of my youngest
2: memories, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I guess Amazon's putting a lot of people out of business out of, man, the internet yeah. as a whole, right? I mean, they're oh, taking yeah. all their business, yeah. and everyone's doing that, shopping from the comfort of their own home.
1: As quick as they're growing, yeah. I think there's a, a warehouse being built just down the road from me. where I'm at here.
3: There's actually. one in Cleveland where my sister works. There's there? She lives she's working
4: at now, too, yeah. So they're just wow popping up everywhere. Oh, think how easy it'll be once they force us all
1: to get barcodes tattooed <laughs> on our arms. <laughs> we got to save <laughs> this for the, the roundtable, or else we're not going to have anything to talk about then. <laughs> (laughs) Then we're gonna go around the table talking about comics. Jack, what do you got there from this month's loot crate? The Star
3: Trek: The Next Generation: The Origin of Data. Well, based on its crumpled and
1: rolled condition, I'd say you didn't (laughs) think too highly of it. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) What about? Oh, you don't have one, do you? I don't. That's all right. That's all right. Well, that's one of the books we'll be talking about. In the uh, comic vault And then we're going to Turn our full attention Over to James and Daniel And talk about The fourth monkey But before we do that Jake Well part of my
4: job Here on the show Ladies and gentlemen Is to remind you That there's lots of Good times to be had On all of our Social networking outlets Mm -hmm. You can find us On Twitter At CannedAirPod Find us on Instagram At Canned underscore air Uh, check us out on youtube go to our website itself cannedairpodcast.com where you can see our special guest page contacts page if you're interested in becoming part of the family and uh see our line of merchandise society6.com forward slash cannedairpod and don't forget if you're buying wizard world tickets to a coming event use promo code CANDAIR, lowercase no space for a cool 10% off
1: you are nothing if not thorough.
4: Ah, well, I do what I can. I like that. That's what my date's often
3: do. <laughs> On Twitter, you can learn about our mysterious founder, Tobias Cam. Tobias
1: King. Oh, yeah. I'd like to see some more Tobias' baby yeah. pics.
4: A, a figure whose power is
1: matched only by his mystery. Yeah. <laughs> well, Tobias, paving the way he's, he's for us to be here today. <laughs> Let's kick it off with this week's Retro Roundtable. And here we
0: go. <laughs> I don't want to grow up. I'm a toys or us kid. They got a million toys and toys or us that I can play with. I don't want to grow up. I'm a toys or us kid. They got the best for so much. I store really took your head from fights to train to video games. It's the greatest toys for there is. He wins. I want to grow up. Maybe if I did, I couldn't be a toys or us kid.
1: All right, guys, toys R us. Where do we begin even talking about Toys R Us? I I know that a department store doesn't typically... Hold fond <laughs> memories in one's mind, but um, I'm sure we've gotten a lot of awesome toys from, uh, the, from the Megaplex. I think the big thing with Toys R Us is that it always looked like the
4: inside of any kid's imagination.
1: Yeah, and that's
4: the truth. The colors and wonderful things, you know, a third of which you'll maybe be able to touch at some point
1: in your lifetime. And the Sometimes rest. they're bedroom too with toys strewn all over the place. <laughs> yes.
4: Yeah, it tell me about all it. over.
1: Or there's the ones that are linked to Babies Are Us. Uh, Babies Are
4: Us. What a horrific. (laughs) And then you are like, Kids Are Us. I remember being in the car and being all excited and be like, Yeah, yeah, here we go. And it's fucking clothes shopping.
3: Yeah. Yeah. What bullshit. God. Baited bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. It was okay Mm -hmm. when it was next to each other and it was separated by a door, but now they've got them all. Now they're all connected. Yeah, Gross.
1: maybe they had it coming. <laughs> like,
4: it went to the dark side. Uh,
1: what about
2: you, James? Daniel? What are your uh, thoughts on Toys R Us? Yeah, I remember back in the day. I mean, just going in there wide eyed and you know trying to run around, grab as much GI Joes or Mighty Max as I could as I could <laughs> grab, only to be have it all thrown back in the cart and say, "No, you can't have it." You're right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, you know, Toys R Toys R. Everyone's childhood, man.
4: Yeah, for sure. That was the trick, though, right? You saturate the basket so that, you know, if you put one or two things in, they're going to be like, all right, you're going to have one of these three things. If you put 16 you things in, something's going to slip by. You're going to end up with slightly more. Wow. <laughs>
1: you to play the numbers. These younger generations figured shit out <laughs> after we, you know, it was too late for you and I. <laughs> Damn, that's a good idea. Well, yeah. You know, what, um... Along that same idea, is, you know, you always imagine very much like looking at the Sears catalog at Christmas, you know, with they had the tons and tons of toys in oh, it, yeah. just imagining if you possessed all of them. <laughs> well, I remember on like Fox Kids, like after school cartoons, they used to do um, like mail in your postcard and win a shopping spree, yes. to Toys R Us, oh, yeah, and my god, that blue my imagination like I just thought what if I won that like I could have everything I ever wanted life would be complete <laughs> it, it'd be that too was much of your bullshit.
2: <laughs> they probably you know, were. Do you know anyone who ever won one? I mean, I always no, thought that was beating no. just to get you to go in there and, you know, keep the hope alive.
1: <laughs> I think it was more of a, you know, le- rather than shutting the store down and giving you a cart and setting off a timer or something, making it into a production. It was probably like, here's a $50 gift card. Go fuck yourself, you <laughs> <Yeah>. know?
3: <laughs> I would
1: imagine. At least they kept it
3: so you knew where you were going. Because once the aisle started turning pink, you knew not to go any farther because it was all
1: Barbie and big. Uh, oh yeah, but very see, like, clearly I, delineated. I thought about this so much because we didn't have a Toys R Us around us when we were when I was a kid. We lived way out in the country. The only the closest thing we had was like a KB toy store at the mall. KB was, was still all right. Yeah, but it was tiny. It yeah, was like you know true. compared to Toys R Us. But uh, I even had a game plan of how <clears throat> I would hit during a. Timed shopping spree Like, okay, here are the video <laughs> games Action figures here If I be lying down this aisle You know, like, I had a oh, I had it mapped out You spent a
4: lot of time figuring this out I respect yeah. that Yeah
3: Anytime I went there I was always mapping it out Just in case I yeah. won Sometimes I mean, would leave without anything Because, nope, we looked There's nothing here you can, that, that we can get Oh, wow, yeah.
2: wow. <laughs> So what is their time have, frame? But closing all the stores. I mean, I was just at one. There's a Toys R Us right around the corner, and even whenever I go there with my wife and my daughter to buy whatever, even something for her, I'll just wander off and walk down like the uh, the action figure aisle, oh, take yeah. a look at the Ninja Turtle stuff, the new uh, DC stuff. I'm not but, sure uh, if what they, what's their time frame.
3: I don't know if they're totally closing or if they're just kind of revamping their sales structure and just get just going like to pay off all their bills and for stuff. Sure.
1: That would mm-hmm. make sense, um, just be in very select locations. I I can't imagine, the, you know, if they do completely close down, it would suck to lose the Times Square, Toys R Us, because
4: that oh, place yeah. is cool as crap. It's the closest thing to an actual Jurassic Park you could visit, you know, they, where you go up they, the,
5: they the
2: escalator. That. I think they closed that already. That was Did the one with the uh, had the big Ferris wheel in it? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that closed... Uh, I'm going to have to do a quick Google to double-check, to fact-check here, but
3: I'm pretty oh, sure that man. was a back. Uh, that'd be fact. All... I don't that... want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. Was that the store that, oh, this gave... big... that was in Big so... that they closed down a couple of years ago?
1: Oh, that was, um, wasn't Toys R Us. It was on a different—it was farther uptown. I don't... Uh, they had the big piano scene that yeah. danced on the piano. Yeah. I can't remember, but they had to close it because, like, the building was in disrepair or something, something like that. I yeah. don't remember. I'm sorry. Uh, James or Dan, Daniel, one of you guys were about to say something.
5: I think James was just checking out where the historical was. I mean, for me, obviously, I'm I'm, a Brit, I'm across the water from you. I think for us, Toyler has kind of been declined for <clears throat> maybe the last five years. Um, I've, I don't have, have children, so it's been a while since I've been there, since I was there kind of as a kid myself. And I know that it's been a, quite a while since I've seen an open one around here. There used to be one maybe five, ten minutes drive away, and I, I believe that kind of passed, you know closed down a few years ago now, or at least changed hands to a different company. Um, it was rebranded away from Toys R Us, which is a real shame. It was a, a true staple when I was a kid. You know, we loved going yeah. around there. I is there some-
2: another one in UK, Daniel? Is there another... Uh- you know a, a named store that we just don't know of or don't have over here maybe I can't
5: think of one off the top of, like Our say tanks. like you say I don't have children so it's been a while since I've, yeah. I've been in, in, in toy stores but yeah there isn't one off the top of my head kind of like that not not like a, a true staple like Toys Us. I mean it's kind of the global brand everybody knew everybody know, everyone knows it. as soon as you say the name Toys us you kind of I mean it's in the title you know right. instantly what you're getting yeah, I think it's it's the internet, like you say, is kind of crushed. I crushed when we, everything.
3: When we came up with the segment, I did a search to see if there were any Toys R Us in the UK, and I think that only like
4: three showed up or something like that. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I always imagine like the UK equivalent would be a little more refined. It would be called like "These Are Toys" or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's very well put together. <laughs> 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 you
3: found them. Maybe <laughs> what will happen is Disney will buy them out, and they'll just strictly be Star Wars, Marvel. Oh nice. You know that's fine too. Yeah.
1: But doesn't Disney TV have was. their own toy store oh, already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they've got stores. Yeah. It's mostly what, clothes, clothes and toys, and stuffed right? Stuffed animals. Yeah. Yeah. But I think Expensive that's growing. I devil. think they're putting like a lot more exclusive Star Wars stuff in Disney uh, stores. Yeah. But um. I don't know. It just sucks to see it go. Just yeah. another staple. It's like one of the, it'd be like the Simpsons going off the air, you mm. know? Yeah. It hasn't been a great show in a long time, but it doesn't mean you want it to leave. It's yeah.
5: always been there, you yeah. know? I think, I think hopefully maybe they can kind of come back and, and kind of join in with the online kind of way. I know we had a company over here called um, HMV, which was a huge British company. We were, you know, it's kind of, A staple British organisation. They went, they kind of. This is one of the companies that refused to. This basically what they do is they sell CDs, DVDs, kind of like your your music. So, and they refused to go online when everyone else was transitioning that way, and they went kind of went under. And it was a real shame to lose them. And you can see saw the shops closing down here and there, and they've had a resurgence in the last few years where they've managed to find a market and managed to kind of go with the, the online um, side of things and then keep, you know, your CD stores and your DV stores that you don't tend to see anymore, I think a lot of those places over here have closed down because people are just buying, you know, the kind of entertainment things online now.
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that. We just heard Best Buy's closing near us. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, oh,
5: that's been happening.
1: Slowly, but I there. hadn't seen it around us at all, and now oh. it's starting to, but... You- I was just going to say, you know, most Toys R Us's, when you go in them, have been ghost towns. Yeah,
3: they usually are.
1: Now, the one exception is the one that we uh, frequented near the movie theater. Because typically, if a good movie lets out, like Star Wars or something, like, we got to go get action figures. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? Like, the whole crowd runs from the theater straight to <laughs> Toys R to Us. Rubble, 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 rubble. <laughs> right. Keep all that money on a closed
4: circuit. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jake. You I, were I was something. just going to say, this is actually a little off topic, but talking about things like, you know, music, movie stores closing. We saw something similar with stores like Sam Goody or, oh, or yeah. FYE, although there's still a couple of those around. But does anyone remember
1: Media Play? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love the hell out of media Sam playing. Goody I used to work for Sam Goody I was yeah, I, think I remember you mentioning that yeah. But uh, they were owned uh, By Musicland Which also owned Media Play Suncoast Video On Cue nice. uh, Maybe one or two other stores in there But um, yeah FYE is still open Uh, At the mall nearest us here And and they sell a lot of
4: comic book Related things like top vinyls
1: Well that's just it, you know, back in the day When you went into there, it was pretty much strictly You know, either VHS and DVDs Mm -hmm. and then cassettes And CDs That was the bulk of it There were maybe some t-shirts, some posters Headphones, CD players, but You know, the cream of the crop was that stuff Right And one thing that you've seen Not only the music stores do But if you've guys been in like a GameStop Or an EB Games lately They've done it as well Where they've kind of become like a novelty store, too. Yeah, it's
4: all the accessories and such. The whole
1: front of that music store
4: is nothing but t shirts. Trinkety bullshit, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Trinkets like novelty Japanese
1: candies and stuff. Super Real Heads. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's exactly it. Funko Pops, just all kinds of crap you would never have seen in a music store. And I understand they have to do that to survive. But what's irritating is when you walk to the back of the store to where the CDs are hidden behind all this (laughs) shit. You pick up a CD and it still says sixteen ninety nine. Who's
2: doing that? Yeah, nobody. Yeah, it's funny when Daniel mentioned CDs. I couldn't. One of you guys said Sam Goody. I couldn't remember what the hell the name of that store was. The big <laughs> CD chain. I just can't imagine when we tell when I tell my kids about you know there used to be stores that would sell hard hard, hard CDs you know yeah. physical CDs.
1: What they're gonna say. And they were the shit, too. I mean, I love CDs. It's been a minute since I bought one, but if it's somebody I really like, I will go buy the CD. I never I mean, it was... a CD
2: case in your car, or in the house, just oh, like, yeah. put
1: things on, you know? <laughs> I remember friends
3: would always act like a CD was super delicate. It would never touch the, <laughs> yeah. the face or
1: nothing, and I'd be like, Oh, I was yeah, one I of those people. Throw it across the room, yeah, I'll get it later. I, I was one of those guys. Like, I never <laughs> fingerprinted the CD. And Two it months did make later, a difference, depending on your player, too. But, um, you know, it's been so long since I bought it. You know what the
4: last physical CD I bought was?
1: Hmm.
4: It was, <laughs> I was young, mind you, but it was Smash Mouth's Astro Lounge. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, that was the, last that, that was the last
4: thing I ever bought at a media play, dude. <laughs> I was in elementary school, <laughs> all right. <laughs>
2: Did that have their uh, smash hit? I, I think
4: is that's the one that had it. I'm pretty sure this was before the days of Shrek, though. <laughs> At least not got to, to say they idea. had any dignity then, but
0: Smash Mouth was better back
4: in the day. I was so <laughs> stupid; I didn't even listen to music. It was just I thought, hey, like, oh,
3: you know this, what?
1: People listen to this. I'm not going to razz you like when Jimmy Buffett came out because <laughs> I stand by Smash by. Mouth. You know, damn. if it's a nice summer day and you're poolside or something that comes on. <laughs> Not so much All Star. I hate that yeah, song, yeah, but like yeah. turn on the Walking phone, on the Sun or yeah, something. Yeah.
4: You can roll with it. There you go. Mix it in with my uh, what Sugar Ray playlist. That's
0: yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> very much in the same sounds day. of summer ten years ago. No, ten twenty.
1: Jesus. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what else we got, guys? Jeffrey the Giraffe. I forgot yeah, about yeah. Jeffrey the Giraffe. Yeah, bring him back. I think sales will go back up. I don't think they ever really got rid of him. He just hasn't been as prominent. Because I think if you pay attention around the store, he's occasionally places, maybe on their web presence. Let me pull it up online really quick, and we'll see. I don't know. He kind of
4: disappeared from the public eye after those molestation charges.
1: Well, you know. <laughs>
4: well,
1: Jeffrey you got prove? a bone. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
4: Allegedly. <laughs> Sorry, I, f- I forgot. Never proven. Never proven.
3: <laughs> it's kind of weird because I don't think Jeffrey did he ever have parents? No, he was just, a, <laughs> just like just like a that hung around a toy
1: store all. The time. He never grew he up. Just need to talk about. it, All right, that <laughs> right. was a hard time for him. Look at this bastardization of Teddy Ruxpin yeah. right here. Oh, soulless. Oh my God. Soulless, deep black eyes. <laughs> okay, right there. It's it's that's shark Jeffrey's size.
2: birthday club. Shark's eyes, like a doll's eyes. I <laughs> oh, ever seen a Teddy
1: Ruxpin Jeevee. Oh, so they did, did keep know. him around a little bit. Yeah, and I'm sure this web presence will stay up, too. But, um, yeah, I remember he was a very prominent character. Because when you would walk in the front door back in the day, they had, like, a whole bunch of Jeffrey toys. Yeah, yeah. Plushes, little, like... Uh, tiny figures Like all kinds of shit Shirts yeah, the Commercials and everything He probably no. just
2: wasn't selling right? And
1: I guess they just canned him mm-hmm. Well now that I think about it You could even buy Toys R Us clothing At like Walmart And Kmart And at the Like at stores that weren't Toys R Us It was like That's a licensed brand Like mm-hmm. Osh Gosh Pagosh Or whatever yeah. that was yeah. You know what I mean? What the hell ever mm-hmm. happened to them? They must have gone belly up years ago. Know. Know. People got tired of saying it Come on! Okay. I wouldn't Osh-gosh. say that with a gun to my head. Remember those commercials? they get the littlest of kids who couldn't say it to try to say yeah. it. Can you
2: say "osh gosh bagash? I want him to. Oh, okay, sure.
0: Did you say that? They Oshkosh "Gosh, No, I reach really try to ask, "Gosh, pagash." Gosh, pagash, begot. pagash, 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 pagash. <laughs> Oshkosh B'gosh, kids' clothes as tough as our name the kids' clothes Somebody stomp this kid out, I can't look <laughs> at him <now. laughs>
4: Can we all like collectively, I wish we could get together and sacrifice GameStop to keep Toys R Us afloat Like somehow the balance of power would change if we kill
1: one yeah, chain Yeah, Toys R Us has the games, so yeah. mm-hmm. what do we need you guys for? You give a shit on trade-ins anyway. Right. The, the trade-in things going away. They're going more digital now too. They've gotten rid of the trade-ins. One thing I've noticed in multiple stores, BO Stink.
2: Dude. Mm. <laughs> they it they have so acquired real. like a
1: comic like an old comic book store <laughs> uh, tinge like the smell of raw onions. so it's something they like must it's a buy in a
3: that
4: must dirty that does not wash <laughs> off, you know. <laughs> yeah. This is how we'll attract the like aging hippie game store crowd or something. Like that dude in the tie dye shirt who has way too
1: many Pokemon cards. But the commercials though, do you remember the commercials? Vaguely. With the songs? All the kids said. I definitely it. Oh, yeah. remember the song. Like I remember they did one in the eighties where they had like four or five little kids sing different parts of the song, and then in the nineties they did the same commercial, and it would morph from them a kid, from, as a kid to them as an adult. Doing I don't know if I remember that one If you watched it, you'd remember you it You know, I
4: think it. I Sometimes I heard that Through the crack in the door To the basement If my chains were long enough I could get myself right up against it <laughs> <laughs> and I could hear just the tail end of that jingle
1: I hate walking into that shit I'm I, sorry It a... uh, sucks you in every time <laughs> It's like <laughs> It's like walking down the hallway And like hitting your head on something I, I knew it was there <laughs> I knew it was there But I did it anyway You know anyway. Um, what sorry, else can guys. we say about Toys R Us? What about toy favorite toys? Just you hearing? know, I've
4: got one very very clear memory. I think this is
1: one that's going to follow me
4: to the grave mm-hmm. of walking into Toys R Us and seeing a big Power Rangers display. Oh. Just everything. Every toy they had ever licensed and dead center was a big pile of the White Ranger swords. Oh. Like the blade extends and it makes that sweet metal clanging noise and I was like this. I'd still
1: get excited over that. Oh
4: yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like Link finding the sword in the first Legend of Zelda. It was like dangerous to go alone. I saw it and I, I i don't know. I was a little asshole when I was younger, so I probably wept loudly
1: until they bought it for me. Oh my <laughs> lord. I would have whooped your ass. I was
4: a dick. No, I had it coming. They were very cool.
1: More than I deserved. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it shaped yeah. you into the young man you've become today. Unfortunately.
2: <laughs> I remember those toys. You know, I never, I think my parents, when they when the first summers or the first Christmases that the Power Rangers were out, uh, you know, you had, I think Mattel probably made all the toys. The commercials were blasting nonstop. And then I asked for Santa. I wanted the whole collection, you know, that would form together and make the whole robot. And yeah. Then that, I think my dad ended up going to Chinatown and getting some rickety bootleg one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm like, come on, dude. Really? I didn't have the heart to break it to him because I know, I, you know, times are tough and they were trying. But uh, they tried to pass that shit off to me. <laughs> <laughs> this <laughs> will not do. Still, you brought up bad memories, man. <laughs> made of like wax
1: and balsa wood or
2: something oh it's so bad it's so bad it's
1: like i can hear board. the passion in your voice i can tell it was bad like you're trying to pass bad. that shit on me <laughs> what do you want it's the power fellas
4: <laughs> <laughs> strong men you know it's funny i i remember getting a, a bootleg batman toy when i was younger that actually looked pretty good from the front, but it was like practically hollow from the other side. Like they had just made a cast of a Batman toy. Just it had half a bit. <laughs> I probably had a few of those too. Yeah, and it had like a spring-loaded missile launcher. So like I was happy, and it was empty in the back. And I remember asking my dad, and I was very young. I'm like, "Hey, Dad, why is why is it empty in the back?" He said, "Well, it's because it's a bootleg, son." And I'm like, "What does a bootleg mean?" And he said, "Bootleg means the company that made it is very poor." I remember getting like inordinately sad at hearing that, and I couldn't touch it anymore. I'm like, oh, oh my god, that's so sad.
0: I feel, I feel <laughs> I don't bad know if you for something
4: that. Made <laughs> by yeah, poor people. I, mean, I felt really bad that the company was struggling. I guess I'm like, oh, well, why doesn't somebody help them to a child's brain? Uh, no, I get it. This I one's segregating it. poor toys. <laughs> you yeah. had a technodrome too. Yeah. All right.
3: Talk so. to us about how you had to
1: use. Bootleg toys. Whatever. I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> Mr. Technodrome. Yeah, Jeez, I'm not going
4: to apologize for having been privileged when I was younger.
2: Yeah, I had the Technodrome. I had the uh, the Ghostbuster house. Remember you used to put slime oh, in the kitchen. Yes. <laughs>
1: So we had another rich kid, yeah. huh? Hey, let's
2: not get carried away. But, uh, I think my parents took the slime right away because I never had that damn slime. <laughs> that slime, even as a child, like,
1: it, the concept was cool, but after you got it in your hands and started playing with it and realized how sticky and horrible it was, it was yeah. like, you played with it once. You get it in the carpet and it's through. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was
4: made of, like, egg whites it's and it's food weird. coloring. Yeah.
1: Well, whatever it was, stained. Yeah. yeah. Because I I had a friend. I think almost everyone had a friend who had a like a like either a Ninja Turtle ooze or a Ghostbuster ooze oh, sure. carpet stain somewhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was that friend. I had the Ivan ooze stain. Did you? Oh, yeah. See? Yeah, I had his little head, and you'd push it through in his eyes and his mouth. <laughs> My grandmother bought me for Christmas, and she didn't know what she was buying. She just saw turtles on it and bought it for me, but it was a... A foot soldier like cannon that came with this little bucket that you loaded full of this ooze and you dropped in it and it had like a pull back and release like spring loaded <laughs> bolt that would come up and shoot it out and <laughs> I did it once and watched it just go all over the carpet I was like oh I didn't think this out you know <laughs> last time the ooze came out <laughs> oh, shit we had dark colored carpet so you couldn't that's, see this thing, cool. and the ooze was purple yeah, we Ours better was... look at the timer here. Yeah. I, I felt a lack in the conversation. Twenty seven. Okay, I think that's so I think we've official. covered all of our bases. Yeah. yeah. Suffice to
4: say, Toys are us will be missed.
1: Kids yeah. are us? Yeah. Not It'll so much. I will miss also, their, uh, their 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 can their t shirts Oh yeah, they had a, a fine selection of podcasting paraphernalia. Yeah. Of all different sizes. Yeah. And colors. Yeah, we're we're blowing smoke up your rear ends, people. Toys R Us didn't carry our wares, but you know who does carry? They'd our still wares? be alive if they did. They wouldn't. Uh, yeah, put we're that on. We're record. doing great. <laughs> bankruptcy coming there. We're doing great. No <laughs> bankruptcy here. No. <laughs> <laughs> we're good. We are good. That's what it's like on the top. <laughs> but if you go to society6.com forward slash candairpod, you can rep Candair on the front of your shirt, on the back of your hood, on. Back of your hoodie, or yep, Yep. front or back of the front or back. Yep, are hoodies like it in the front and in the back? No,
4: (laughs) 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 a glowing endorsement. (laughs) Check over.
1: Oh my god, Um, it costs a lot to pick one or the other. Are they any good? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I was just making a like a bad like sex joke. Never mind. Uh, Nothing. Take it on both sides. Our hoodies take it in both ends. Yeah, <laughs> Society6.com forward slash canned pod. Do you also take it in both ends?
4: Uh, try a hoodie.
1: There you go. You two will have something in common. Boy, this really derailed. That's all right, though. We, we, <laughs> we still use the derailed content. Yeah. One more time for you folks at home. Society6.com forward slash canned pod. With that, let's swing open the door to the comic vault. Well, Jake D... Or, shit. My name's Jack. How are you doing? Well, Jack D... <laughs> newcomer to the, the uh, show, Jack Dory. <laughs> yeah. Jack, do you just want to go ahead with your uh, your awesome Star Trek comics? Yeah.
3: Okay. We'll get it out of the way.
1: First of all, <laughs> i everyone lesson. excited at home?
3: <laughs> I've learned the lesson. Usually in the comics, after you open up the cover, there's a little synopsis of what what's going down. Mm-hmm. I didn't read that part, which probably still wouldn't have made it any better. But it opens up with... Uh, Jean-Luc Picard coming in. He's got a sleeveless uniform on with a sash around his waist and a dagger in the belt. And he's got to go goatee. And he comes in to talk to these guys that are on this uh, mining planet saying he needs some dilithium crystals. I find out that the guy he's talking to is actually the creator of the data robots, mm. which I didn't recognize him because he looked like some old, long-haired, heavy-set woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
4: I see. he's got kind of a Kathy
3: Bates thing. It took thing. a little while before I realized that was actually supposed to be Brent Spiner.
1: Oh wow, that first box looks like Rhea Perlman.
3: Yeah, what I, I was like, that's not him. I guess the guy's name is like Noonian Song. or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was like, they got the name right, but but he makes these robots to go mine crystals in this mining colony that he has, and Picard's got a real chip on his shoulder. He's just like, yeah, you better have something for me here. You know, I wasted my time. I usually don't come down here without my
4: guards. Jeez. And I was like, that's not Jean-Luc Picard-esque. Picard's right. been juicing or something. Yeah. Show off those guns.
3: So he shows up the jaded. data robots, show them what they can do. Says that they want a bunch of supplies and they'll make a trade for the crystals. And Picard ends up making a plan with the Forge back on the Enterprise saying... You know, I got a plan. This is what we're going to do. We're going to end up, We're gonna take over the Enterprise. And then again, I'm like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> so later on, Data is doing some mining. For some reason, he just falls into a big pit. I don't know what happened. But then the guys, the workers are like, oh, you should have checked the servos on his feet. Meanwhile, LaForge actually beamed him up to the ship. They stole Data. Mm. Later on, it goes like a couple months later, they're raiding this village. Picard's like, Data, go in there and kill everyone that's given you any kind of threat. (laughs) I was like, what the hell is going on? Picard's talking about some empire all over the place. Nothing to do with the Federation. And then they end up finding a bunch of robot parts, and Data spends the next day looking at them, and he finds out that it's from some alien robot race that uses nanotechnology from a bunch of different other type of races. I believe they're called the Cybe? The Borg. Oh, I got the <laughs> wrong half, I guess. So he ends up building a bunch of stuff on himself and at the end of the comic they're about to go attack and take over the Enterprise. So that after was a I'm joke, pissed by the at way. this whole story <laughs> makes no sense, has nothing to do with the Star Trek that I know, and I don't know if I say love, but I enjoy it. <laughs>
4: Star Trek I know and slam sometimes on the weekends.
3: It takes place in an alternate reality,
1: which it says in the beginning of the comic. This uh Picture here with uh, Picard with his uh, white beard and mustache and everything. It's like watching his uh, transformation into Sean Connery. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And at one point when Data
3: falls off the cliff, they're like, "Go get!" Oh shit! I blanked on his. Uh, oh
1: wow! Look at Geordi. He got rid of the visor. He just yeah. Has it's it, like before. Like, I guess
3: he's bald with like shades with the
1: visors on him. With a little mustache, he looks like Baxter Stockman. <laughs> nice. <laughs>
3: Or not so nice, I guess. I don't know. In the show, Data's got, like, an evil twin brother, which I can't remember what the hell his name was. (laughs) But once he falls down... (laughs) Information. (laughs) (laughs) Once he falls, they think he falls to his death. They're like, oh, go get so-and-so. And And all the other guys are like, oh, no, not so-and-so. And And that was where they left that off. They didn't even go into any of it. Poor so-and-so. But, yeah, even though I ended up finding out what the deal was going down, I still don't think it would have made me like it anymore. It was... Sounds boring as shit. Eh, it was... wasn't Star Trek, that's for sure. Still
2: <laughs> <laughs> so right. trying to picture a jacked Picard with cut-off sleeves and a sash tied around his waist, sashying <laughs> right. into a room with a dagger in his belt. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds pretty cool. He's
1: definitely carrying a cadence he uh, <laughs> hasn't ever carried that I've yeah. ever seen. Gentlemen, it's, it's time to kill the people. children. <laughs> <laughs>
4: After we raid this village, maybe I'll wrestle up some tang.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, very good, Jack, very good. Flop for my DW, there you go. <laughs> James or Daniel, would one of you gentlemen like to go next?
5: Um, yeah, I can go if you like. So what I have brought with me today is um, a comic by Garth Ennis and Michael DePascal, and it is called Red Rover Charlie. I don't know if any of you have read it, but... Mm-hmm. Um, so, this is one that I think kind of, and I think, I think it turns out a lot of amazing books. Now, this is one that kind of, I think, most people missed. It went under the radar for a lot of people, and I've managed to pick it up. And I'm going to openly say that it was the first comic book that I ever brought a tear to my eye and made me kind of weep a little bit. Oh, wow. And what it is, it's um, a story of the end of the world. It's an apocalypse story, but it's from the. Point of view of man's best friend, so it's from the point of view of, of three dogs. Now, I think the, the main, so the main character is called Charlie, and he was a, a helper dog. So he was, I think he was, a I don't know what you guys call it over there. So, you know, like a guide, a, yeah, a yeah, guide for the blind. Yeah. And basically, his his owner is he's killed in this uh, this apocalypse. Everyone's kind of, it's kind of like a, a zombie type. Type of thing that happens. Um, I don't think they go into too much what actually happens to the world and the reason why basically humans are just going batshit crazy. Um, and it follows them as they kind of have to work out a life without the masters. They, they don't really know what's going on. They they kind of have to escape the city and work out to to kind of get by on their own and and there's a few... It's really well written from, from Garth. I think mean, so there's a few sort of moments where it kind of gets into the mind of what a dog would actually be like. I think they, there's a point where they, they find some, some food and they, they're trying to work out how to, how to cook it kind of thing, even though, I mean, dogs don't really need to, to cook food, but it was quite cool how he was like, yeah, we saw his masters, you know, making a fire and these have got these three little dogs trying to work out how to do it and kind of how to just survive on their own. It's a, it's a really good story. Um, and then, I, yeah it's, it's something that I certainly would really recommend to to anyone to pick up so it's a six part mini series, and yeah it's it's a really really good book and it, like I say it's one that kind of I think most people missed um, so I've always been trying to push it and force it in people's faces at any opportunity I get and what was the title one more time Red Rover Charlie Red Rover Char- well, I'm going have to look into that that sounds really good Sounds yeah, awesome. it is. Like I say, it's got a, a tear-jerking into it as well. Um, so it's to bring a box of tissues with you for sure. I, know, I remember <laughs> reading the I can't remember if it was the fifth or the sixth one. And I was just sat there and I had these tears streaming down my face, and I was like, "Damn you! <laughs> like, Damn you! <laughs> what have you done to me?" But well,
1: isn't it awesome that a comic can do that to you?
5: Yeah, and I mean, for anyone. Obviously, this is a, an audio and I mean, I'm a. I'm a fairly big fella. I've, I've played rugby all my life. I've got a big beard. i kind of, as a side hobby, I make Viking drinking horns. I'm into that kind of oh, sweet. So I'm, I'm, you know, like I'm a, a man's man kind of thing, and I, I appear like that. And then i was just reduce to tears by this, by this story <laughs> about these three little dogs and thing. Like, what have you done to me?
0: <laughs> you made me into a worse!
5: <laughs> a story that <laughs> yeah. can bring a Viking low.
1: <laughs> that's it, exactly. That's awesome, though. That's really cool you do all that stuff, man.
5: Yeah, it's, it's good. I've um, spent most of the day today kind of just putting around making drinking horns in the, the old traditional style. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah, that's really cool.
1: All right. Well, very good. Well, what about you, James? you have a book to talk about?
2: Yeah, I think I'll keep it on the same, the same sad theme. I don't know if it's the overall theme of the show, Toys R Us going away. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that other that sad comic. And then, so this one actually popped into my mind recently because uh, I actually lent the book to one of my sisters, a while back is that it was a graphic novel it was I Kill Giants and I think they're actually making that into a TV show I'm not 100% sure or a movie or something I don't know if you guys are familiar with the, the graphic novel no so yeah so it uh kind of hit close to home because my sisters and I you know we lost our mother to uh, cancer a while back oh, almost I'm so a decade sorry ago. thanks so this actually made me weep openly as well it's a great book uh, it's a graphic novel it's about a little girl it's called uh I think I said the title already. Was it I Kill, uh, I think I Kill Demons, or I Kill Giants, actually, is what it is. And uh, so she, I I guess, I don't know how much I want to give away, but she, uh, to kind of cope with what's going on um, at her family, she kind of uses her imagination and, you know, she goes and hunts, hunts giants. You know, they're over, they're looming over her. You know, you get little bits and pieces of what they look like. They're creepy. The artwork's pretty cool. But then towards the end, you find out, you know, she kind of has a secret power, but it's all in her—it's all in her mind, you know. It's kind of a coping mechanism to what's really got her down and her family down. And we realize, like, the big monster or the big giant is, you know, unfortunately, like, her sick mother's sitting at home. And uh, towards the end of the book, you kind of see which where they're going with it, and she kind of—you uh, know, I don't know—again, I don't want to say too, too much, but— it definitely had me tearing up, and I finally decided I'd give it to my sister a couple months back, and she she came back fucking she loved it, but she was like, "You motherfucker, you gave me this book." <laughs> definitely loved it, but it made her cry, and I was like, "See, see," and we kind of hugged it out. Um, but yeah, I killed giants. I forget who it's by, unfortunately. Um, I should have had that in front of me, but if you guys check it out, you know, I, I think you'll dig it, especially if that's something that's hit you know close to home for anybody else as well. Yeah, that's,
3: uh... Wow. That's
2: yeah. Yeah. I don't think
3: I've ever cried from reading anything. I'm going to have to try that out.
4: You know, I, it's a, it's amazing that we've got stories like this in comics that have, like, so much behind them, or they use a particular, like a, an apocalyptic setting to tell this story that really gets to you. There's so much heart and feeling, and people are still, like, dismissive of the whole medium. You know, like, yeah. oh, comics yeah. are stupid.
2: Well, they throw the blanket, you know, the blanket superhero blanket. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense, but they throw that giant net over it, and oh, it's silly, and they just dismiss it. But yeah, it's got all of this. Definitely books out there that are obviously, you know, we know is straight artwork, you know, straight art, I should say, straight art, you know, deep heart, everything. So trying to change the game and bring it to more eyes and, you know, tell stories that are other than superhero back and forth silliness. There's a lot more to it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, something
1: for everyone. Very good, man. That's awesome. What was the name of that book one more time? I Kill Giants. I Kill Giants. Alright, very good. Well, gentlemen, my book this week is a it's a return to a character who I haven't talked about for some time. If this is the oh. human fly, I'm gonna blow my brains out oh, right here. Oh my god. Gentlemen.
0: The human fly! Oh, Jesus! Yes. <laughs>
1: No, I'm out. Oh my god! Well, (laughs) the human fly. Um, What else can I say? It's based around a real person. What was his name? DJ Jazzy Jeff. I think that was it. He was like covered in glitter, right? Uh, His name's not on here. I thought it was. Okay, that's kind of embarrassing. Something Rick Rush. Ah, I can't remember it. He was a. A stunt performer. He tried to outdo Evil Knievel, like, back in the 70s. And uh, his his story, his real story is he lost his entire family in a car accident. Uh, and I think it, he might have had multiple kids. I was thinking it was just his wife and his daughter. He both lost. It was just left alone with, like, all these serious injuries. He almost didn't survive himself. But when he did, he decided he was going to be a stuntman. And he performed a few of these stunts... Uh, like, he put himself on top of an airplane while the airplane flew around, and I read that it, like, started raining, and, like, the raindrops were hitting him, like, close to 200 miles an yeah, hour, and, like, he that. was blacking out from it, And though he did that again, successfully. But then uh, his next stunt, I think he jumped a bunch of buses on a bike and, like, seriously messed himself up, and that was it. He kind of disappeared, but... Interesting fella, very loud outfit. Evil Knievel rocked the red, white, and blue. This guy was just a red jumpsuit covered head to toe with sequins, sequins Sequins, out the ass, sequins. (laughs) But um, Smackle, I don't know if uh, what the story is behind Marvel doing a uh, short run comic based on this character, but they certainly did. And uh, they're really nothing to behold, but they're just so silly. And like, after I found the first one and brought it on the show and see how much it irritated y'all, I was like, <laughs> oh, I gotta get them all now. <laughs> and so I found as many as I could. So this one is uh, Fury in the Wild. And what it is, is the human fly is performing his next stunt, he's going to jump a gorge in a rocket-powered snowmobile. This is happening at a ski resort, mind yes. you. Wow. Now, why you would put a ski resort next to a huge open gorge is beyond me. Seems like a... Seems a poor decision. Seems like a uh, design flaw on someone's part, Yeah. but uh, it's neither here nor there. So all these people are gathering, getting ready for this big event, and... Uh, you see off in this side shed like a maintenance shed that's at the ski lodge is a guy who's working on the snowmobiles. he's like the super he works on them all and he's kind of bitter because life's given him a pretty rough run. He's lost his wife, he's been left with his son who uh is blind so and all he his job is fixing the snowmobiles that these rich people rent, fuck up, and then leave for him to <laughs> fix again. And uh so you know he knows the human fly things happening but he doesn't want to get too close to it because if his son hears it and and knows what it is he'll have more questions and then more regrets throughout life cuz he was never able to see it. So airtight logic on that. One. Right. That's this is what the father's saying but then it cuts to <laughs> <laughs> the next bubble is well, but that doesn't mean I can't go watch it. So he throws, <laughs> he throws the kid on the back of the snowmobile and rides to the event. And the kid keeps going, Daddy, Daddy, what's that noise? Oh, it's nothing, son. <laughs> and he's just watching. You know? <laughs> oh, I lost it. That was so funny. Good but Lord. He's taking all these back trails that no one knows about, kind of abandoned kind of trails to avoid the crowd so he can get to a good vantage point to watch this all go down. And he hits an incline, rolls the snowmobile, gets knocked out against a tree. So the father's lying there, knocked out. A blind The blind son is like,
0: Daddy, where are you? What's happening, Daddy? <laughs> what just a little
1: wuss. Just as the biggest, meanest grizzly bear you could ever imagine of course. <laughs> strolls up on the scene. So as this is happening, the human flies stunt is going off. He has jumped. And is in the air in this flying snowmobile and happens to be, while in midair, you know, it's so casual, these things, that he can take, you know, stop and kind (laughs) of look around at what's around him rather than focus on the landing. And he looks down and sees what's happening. In that split second, he sees that, he knows what's happening. So the snowmobile lands, and rather than getting off and... You know, receiving his accolades and his cheers and whatnot, he just runs, starts running for the accident, and says, "Everyone, follow me!" <laughs> so he uh, he gets down there. The grizzly bear is about to get the kid, and he just. He takes him on, just jumps on his back, around the neck, just takes the bear on. This is a big, mean bear, too. And uh, the kid all of a sudden says, oh, wow, it sounds like our snowmobile tipped over. My dad's unconscious. There's a grizzly bear and a stranger trying to help me. Let me grab a flare gun that I can somehow find, uh, since I'm blind, and shoot it where I hear the noise coming from. And he scares the bear away. Lord forbid he holds it backwards or something and scorches a hole through his own chest.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'll save you, Danny!
1: That might have been more entertaining, actually. But um, they ward the bear off, and then uh, all of a sudden, you know, this guy... He comes to who had been knocked out and has a whole different opinion of the human fly and all these rich yuppies who came to their aid and helped them. And the human fly was doing this whole trick, this whole stunt to raise money to open an orphanage. I mean, this guy's noble, let me tell you. (laughs) But then he decided, well, you know what, since I've just met you and this happened, we'll use half that money to get your son's eyes fixed. The End. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Using the magical cure for blindness. I know. Back in the 70s, too. So, yeah, this was
4: 1977,
1: a 35-cent comic from the Marvel Comics group. Wow. The Human Fly. I have a few tears
4: rolling down my cheek. One time I read about a guy who punched a bear so hard he killed it. (laughs) <laughs> all right, and for the next
1: segment now,
0: <laughs> what are you talking
1: about?
4: A uh, dude was out in the forest. He lived, I think, in Alaska. He, he wasn't necessarily like a survivalist, but he spent most of his time out in the wilderness. And uh, he was beset by a grizzly, I guess, that killed his dog. And he didn't have uh, either enough ammunition or his gun with him. And the grizzly bear charged. So he threw all his weight into a punch with his right hand and he hit the bear square in the head and he hit him so hard it obliterated his arm to the point where it became useless for the rest of his life but it also killed the
1: bear it's probably a cub that's what I was just thinking, it's a baby <laughs> well, I, I, I didn't fact check it it's <laughs> <just something laughs> it I was that. a groundhog <laughs> oh, <Jesus. laughs> it
3: was a badger that <laughs> got his dog it was <laughs> a
0: bear seven foot tall I tell you <laughs> That, that that's anything? it. That's, I don't know what you expect. Then he became president of the United States. So I guess that's
1: the end of the story. His name was Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past old Teddy. Oh, well, I really wouldn't either. That's, that's why I came to mind. But all right, with that behind us, let's just turn our full attention right over to James and Daniel and talk about the Fourth Monkey: An Anthology for Awareness. Thanks so much again for being with us, guys. No problem at oh. all. This is a uh, interesting project. Now, and this is uh, this is going to be eight stories that have been collected into this graphic novel that is uh supposed to raise awareness about environmental and social issues, correct? That's right. Well, can you uh, can you guys tell us a little bit more about uh and our listeners about this project?
5: The idea behind it was was mine to start with, and um, I kind of had a, an idea that I wanted to use comics to to try and do some good, I know that I'd recently just started getting into the, the comics industry inside the, the creation side, and everyone had been so kind to me, and everyone had kind of helped me out, and so I had an idea that to come up with something that, that gave back to the community that, that helped me out so much when I when I was kind of just starting out, and I needed the help, I reached out to a few writers that i looked up to, and kind of were the ones i bugged and annoyed continuously for, for 12 months for advice. I said, "Look, This is the idea, this is what I want to put together. We want to try and, and raise awareness around some issues. If you could write a story that was close to your heart or something that you cared about and you felt that people should know more about. And um, I we I had an over, a great overwhelming response. Across the board, everyone jumped on. And I, I think at that point, I realized it was way too much to handle on my own, so... Right. We just kind of asked James to come in and help me, and, and he definitely, you know, pull, pulled his way, and more, he's, he's, he's been an, an invaluable asset to, towards it. Yeah, I
1: can't imagine that being a light uh, load to bear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kinda <gotta laughs> no. be an
5: incredible
2: amount of work. Yeah. But, um... So, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, yes. <clears throat> so even, uh... Yeah. As creators ourselves, just working on our own solo project, that's tough enough, you know, dealing with the different pencilers, anchors, colorists, uh, letterers, editor, if you have one, uh, printer. You know, that that is a battle in and of itself. So, you know, scrounging up, like, we have, like, 20-plus, close to 30 creators on it, um, eight writers, eight artists, eight color You know, know, the, the numbers go higher and higher. It's just it's that's probably been the most challenging aspect is wrangling everybody together but luckily everyone's really super supportive and down for the project um so everyone's been you know everyone everyone's been great that's awesome when you have a a well-oiled
1: machine that just falls together like that you know yeah and we we always talk about this i think people
4: at this level of independent comic creation they get it they cooperate you know they're all in it together you can't beat that sense of camaraderie that's the truth
2: yeah, they're all, you know, everyone's professionals in their own right. And they're all yeah, super supportive, given their all and trying to make this happen.
4: Mutual respect. That's what these things are built on.
5: Yeah, I think it has to be a true credit to all the creators as well. Whilst me and James might be the, the spearhead, I think there's no way you could we could do it with, if everybody involved wasn't so supportive and didn't kind of do what we asked and when we needed it and, and we're willing to, like recently we, we had all the artists <coughs> on the books, they, they kindly donated a commission for the Kickstarter as well so that was really nice, they did something they didn't have to do so across every, every writer on the, each artist for, for one of the eight stories has donated a, a full full commission to the Kickstarter page so me and James are able to give that away to people a really sort of reduced price to what they normally would.
2: Yeah, there's only one left now. There's oh, one, just the one? Digital and one physical left. But yeah, those went pretty quick. So yeah, the artists were uh, amazing. It's
1: incredible. I can't wait to see it. There were some samples on the uh, Kickstarter page there that looked uh, really... The level of quality is... Yeah, it's definitely there. The quality's there, yeah. for sure. Um, I'm really curious, though, about the title, The Fourth Monkey.
2: Where did this come from? So I think early on, when Daniel and I were just tossing ideas back and forth, you know, we were... Daniel had the theme wrapped up, and then the next step would be: we need a solid, um, iconic title and characters, or logo, if you will, that could, you know, kind of uh, that could be just that something iconic. And we would shoot ideas back and forth for probably it had to be days until we landed on. Uh, I think Daniel brought up the idea of the three Mystic Apes or the three Mystic Monkeys, and you know, the hear no evil, see no evil. Uh, Speak No Evil, that's, again, that's like a iconic universal image. So we tried to play on that and uh, think of a fourth monkey would be the one that's actually aware of things, you know, while the other guys are hiding their eyes, ears, and, uh, you know, uh, mouth. This guy's out. He's trying to be outspoken. He's paying attention to to the issues. And that's kind of where we uh, came up with that.
1: That makes so much sense, yeah. the totally enlightened fourth monkey. Yeah. Really
2: cool. yeah, The enlightened fourth, like when that kind of when when we hit that, we were like, yes, that's it. Then we had the idea to kind of modernize it, so you know, you got different images. of it. One guy got headphones. One guy's got his, you know, he's stuffing a sandwich in his mouth. The other guy's glued to the phone. You know, so it really did come together.
1: That's really neat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't see that. I'm gonna have to look for that. It's like the burden of
4: awareness. You know, yeah. choosing instead to.
2: I like that. There's even one. There's uh, Andrew Huerta, is, is an amazing artist, and he did one where I guess the burden of awareness became too much for the fourth monkey. So there's one on the page where um, he illustrated the fourth monkey kind of just uh, losing it and snapping and turning into a villain and just raining destruction on the other three, he just whoops their asses. I don't know if you see that one. <laughs> a pretty, monkey uh, after pretty- my own heart. Hey, there you yeah, go. It's Pretty. Uh, brings it back to comics, and, you know, this is all still fun. We're trying to tell some good stories while hitting some topics, and that that illustration there is uh, pretty dope. As far as your Kickstarter
1: goes, which is running till October 15th, and it looks like you guys are doing pretty darn good thus yeah. far. It looks like halfway, if not Plenty past. of time. Right. Yeah, so,
5: uh, 55% of
1: the minute. Uh, yeah, you guys are sitting pretty. I'd uh, have to
4: imagine that first half is the toughest part. Right. Building up momentum.
1: I've heard with Kickstarters, the final end comes in right right in that oh, last sure. yeah. few days. You know, that's when it really blows up. We've seen that happen a number of times. number well. of times. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> but um, as far as rewards, you're offering backers. What do you guys have?
2: So um, just to even go back a little bit. So with Kickstarter, the first two days are really important. You know, uh, that first 48 hours kind of gets you noticed by, you know, the algorithms get you noticed by Kickstarter itself. If you hit a certain amount, I think the magic number is something like 20%. If you can raise 20% of your goal in that first 48 hours, um, it kind of pushes you to the front page. If people search comics, there could be any number upwards to like 200, 300 campaigns going at the same time. So if you hit that number early on, they'll have you higher up in the main page. Uh, so that was really important. Luckily, we had the support and you know all the other creators on board and kind of you know use their fan bases, our fan bases, um, and kind of they helped us out early on for sure. And then the last, like you guys mentioned, the end of the campaign, you'll get another spike, which is uh, the last 48 hours. A lot of people, there's an option to it's, it's like a remind me later option, which um, actually reminds them when it's 48 hours up,
0: mm. uh, 48
2: hours left on the project. So whenever you notice a spike at the end, which it always happens, um, that's that's the reason why. That, that is a, a fantastic a star
3: option, That the reminder if I was yeah. watching the bank account, that I'd hit that on some of them. Mm, so there you go. When it got close, be like, okay, I can afford to.
1: That's a good idea. Yeah, I didn't even know it was on there. How about uh, rewards? Do you guys have any rewards you're offering to backers?
5: Yeah, so I think the one of my favorite ones, and certainly I think the, the one that you're going to get the most bang for your bang for your buck for is if you um, if you were to pledge fifteen dollars, what you're going to get is you're going to get a, a digital copy of the Fourth Monkey book. So we've got eight stars in there, like you said. It's over 100 pages, and it's made up of 30 different creators, or just, just shy of 30 creators in there. But also, each of the writers also donated a PDF copy of their their own sort of in, individual oh, wow. story. So you've got American Kingdom, number one, by Brian Hawkins. You've got Boston Metaphysicals Me cited by Madeline Holly Rosen. Uh, Katrina Hates the Dead, number one, by Russell Nolte. Salvages number one, by Bob Salley. Snell, number one, by Kelly Fender. Untold number one by me and riches number 1 by James E. Roche, or Roche, which I only just learn how to pronounce.
1: <laughs> you know, it is so refreshing to hear that as a reward because, I mean, you see so often, like, the... We'll, uh, we'll do, like, a, a bookmark, which we've done bookmarks. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, uh, We're not above the bookmark. Yeah, I love or, bookmarks. Or, <laughs> yeah, I do too, and I'm not putting any of these things down because they're mm-hmm. they're fine prizes, and they're things, you know, or rewards, and they're things that I, I have myself, but, you know, like T-shirts or glasses, as cool as it is to get those things, they're kind of typical and they kind of quickly get forgotten. or left to the wayside, which if you're back in a Kickstarter for an independent comic, you're in independent comics. And when you're getting a reward like that, just a plethora, a whole bunch of extra comics, too. some of that work we know and some of that is really good. Yeah. So that's yeah. a uh, that's just a great thing to hear.
2: That's a good reward yeah, yeah we like haven't a super digital one right daniel that was the 15 dollar
5: one that's it we haven't i don't think we've added up the exact page count but it's it's over 250 pages of good quality material you're going to get as well for 15 dollars yeah. which is just a, an amazing price
2: yeah, oh, yeah. and there are all issue ones too so you know if you want to get into the bottom level of uh you know a lot of these independent creators first works you know and that's definitely a good tier We also offer that, I forget what it is, I think it might be at the $30 level, where Daniel and I actually are including our own issue ones of our own, uh, I guess, other titles outside of this one, along with the fourth monkey. So you'll get the fourth monkey at 100 pages, and you'll get two floppies from Daniel and I. Um, Well, he has a horror story untold, mine is Wretches, a sci-fi story. Um, And then on top of that, you'll also get the digital, you know, all the other seven stories in digital format. And a bookmark.
5: <laughs> yeah.
1: Again, nothing wrong with bookmarks. <laughs> I know.
2: I know.
1: That, well, that's Candare's number one marketing tool. Actually, yeah, is our, not was is we still have a oh, yeah. shit
2: ton of those bookmarks. And, and I, I like in interventions uh, too. It's kind of uh, you know it's definitely helpful as long as it has your email or your uh, website on it. It's good. That's exactly marketing. what we've got. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> I like but. This stuff. But bookmarks are good; they they work. I mean, if people I'm are reading, I mean, all of the books I'm reading all have candy bookmarks in them, and you know, what I mean, and if you're reading a graphic novel, usually it's a lot of pages, and you're not going to read it all the
3: way through in one sitting. One so, right? You're not going to fold a page <laughs> so you can remember where you're
5: we're at. I was just going to shout out one of the other rewards we got one that we added today. Um, so we had John McCrea, who worked who who's worked with me on the untold. He's me a couple of different variant covers, and um, for anyone who doesn't know, John, John uh, did Hitman, Judge Dredd, and Mythic for, for Image Comics. Nice. Now, he kind of did as a pin-up that will be kind of slotted in, that will go with my story. I've got a poaching story in the anthology, and I had John make a nice kind of... It's a, it a trophy room-type single-page piece, and it's next to each animal. It's, it's got the state, of, uh, the state of them in the wild and, and kind of the dwindling numbers it's a pretty hard hand piece once you kind of get, start reading the, the numbers but now what John has done is he's donated the original sketch um, the original art piece to the campaign so he's given us that usually when you when you have an artist create a piece for you they will keep the the original that they can choose to sell at the stalls or at Comic Cons so he's donated that to us so we've got that up on there his original art piece that he did for the, for the print that I was just talking about and we're we, we getting that. So if you pledge hundred dollars, you're going to get everything above. You're going to get all the books that we gave out. You're going to get the the wretched number one Unto- and untold number one in, in physical. You're going to get the book, and you're going to get this you know, original art piece from John, who's you know professionally worked in comics for a long time and done some amazing titles as well. That, that sounds nice. awesome. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> nothing's cooler than having an original art mm, piece
5: yeah. displayed on your wall.
1: That's awesome. Now, for people who are wanting to uh, check out the Fourth Monkey, there's obviously the Kickstarter page, with which if you go to thefourthmonkeycomic.com, it'll be you'll uh, be routed directly there. Is there anywhere else that uh, listeners should be checking out this project?
2: I mean, we got a Facebook page. <clears throat> I think just look up uh, you know the Fourth Monkey Comic on Facebook. But yeah, you said it—that uh, pretty URL, thefourthmonkeycomic.com—just shoots you right over to the Kickstarter page. So that's kind of where I mean drive is now but yeah we have that facebook page as well um you guys can check that out too
1: awesome and you guys are uh, both on twitter correct we are indeed uh, yeah sir. yeah so
2: i'm i'm james e roach r-o-c-h-e that's pretty much my handle everywhere twitter instagram facebook um my website james and yeah you can find me at uh, that handle everywhere
5: yeah, and I'm at Daniel Farrand one and Farand is spelled F-A-R-R-A-N-D because all my life nobody's ever known how to spell it properly. I've received <laughs> countless numbers of, of, of when I was younger when I played sports all my life different trophies and they've all been spelled wrong. Oh. <laughs> you, you motherfuckers you give me this trophy and you can't even get my name right. <laughs>
1: and then everyone thinks she stole it from someone else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly, like, didn't
2: even most most Waterboy trophies are
1: really uh... <laughs> <laughs> well very good gentlemen we'll also do our part in uh, helping get the word out there via twitter and on our website Man, we're going to have links all over the place helping uh, mm-hmm. route people your way so uh, Appreciate that. You very much. no problem the best of luck to you though it looks like you guys are going to be just fine and uh, yeah if you guys ever want to be back on the show just simply let us know Not, no problem be careful what you yeah. wish for <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well thanks so much guys Jack, what do we have on the website? Go to cannedairpodcast.com
3: where you can see show highlights, guest info, listen to the show, follow us on all our social media, visit the Hall of Justice and see the Wall of Heroes, check out some of the videos from our YouTube page, click on the merch button, get some t-shirts, and if you'd like to be a guest and
4: promote your work, send us an email on our contacts page. And don't forget that's at candair on Twitter and at canned underscore air on Instagram.
1: And then for the third week in the row, we're going to be going out on the Starset song, Into the Unknown. Not that we've gone out on that song three times now, <laughs> but this is the third week we are presenting a song by the band Starset, Set, who is doing a residency here with us for at least a few more weeks, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So Open but, uh, your frequencies for a transmission. Yeah. 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 Uh, we really enjoy their music. We had the lead singer, uh, what was it, Dustin Bates? Dustin on Bates, yeah. What? The two or three weeks trans- ago? So, uh, yeah, really good band. Hope you enjoy the song. Look more into them. StarsetOnline.com. But I think that's going to do it for this week. So until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Jake Runyon. I'm Daniel Firend. James E. Roach. That went off without a hint. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening, everyone.
4: Cough syrup. This is where he keeps the good stuff.
0: You don't need drugs to get high. Doc! You just need the Canned air podcast. That's good advice. Now we know. And no one is half the battle. Just one question What are you doing outside the window? Ha <laughs> ha! Tell your mama to call me. G.I. Joe!